Boom. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's so good. Oh. No, it's... Uh, it doesn't take much. <laughs> you know, I, I've been in worship with whole orchestras with thousands of people. I've been in a living room with a couple of people. You know, and, and here are just two ladies up here leading worship and... and He's here. All of a sudden, we're right in his presence. <laughs> oh, God, your presence is so good. You created us for your presence. Ah, oh, that's so wonderful. Whoo. Yeah, and we don't have to leave, you know, like worship isn't like it's done and now we have to be serious. <laughs> we can wallow in his presence all day long. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Whew. So um, I oversee the healing rooms at Bethel Church, and, and um, it seems like every week I have a favorite testimony that happened. Well, my favorite one right now. You want to hear my favorite healing testimony? So um, we, we, every Saturday morning we have healing rooms, and, and we've got hundreds of people who come through. Well, a, a couple of weeks ago, 200 Brazilians showed up along with our regular people <laughs> you know, who didn't all speak English. And so it was lots of fun. Um, but <laughs> the healings that broke out were remarkable. And one of my favorites was a man who, uh, he came for his knee. He actually spoke English. He came for healing for his knee and received prayer for his knee. But as he came into the presence of God, <laughs> just, just say presence of God. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> as he came in, all of a sudden he thought, anything is possible in this place because he experienced the presence of God. And as he's thinking anything is possible, our dance team, which has men and women on it, and they're dancing with these banners and flags, just dancing all through the room around people. And they come up to him, and they're just he's just highlighted to them. So they, they come over to him and are dancing around him, and he's just going, anything's possible. And um, what the people who were praying for his knee didn't know is that his left eye has been blind since birth. He's never seen out of it. And as the dance team danced around him, and he's thinking, anything is possible in this place, they said, what do you want? And he goes, anything is possible. I want to see out of my left eye. So they danced around him and prayed over him. He closed his eyes, and he opened his eyes, and he saw for the first time. 34 years! <laughs> and, and it wasn't just, you know, a little bit of light. You know, it was Full vision, right eye, left eye, seeing the same. 34 years blind since birth in his left eye. Because he, he's just blubbering. You know, we got him up to share the testimony. But not only that, um, he closed his eyes again and went into an encounter in heaven and saw Jesus on the throne, saw the lamb, saw the lion. So, so he's weeping on the stage, you know, because God opened his physical eye and his spiritual eyes and he had an encounter with God. Whoa, how good is that? Oh, my goodness. Let's just give it up for Jesus, the healer. Oh, Jesus. 
Yes, do it again. You have, you have permission to get healed anytime because healing happens in his presence. You know, um, one of my favorite things in life is, is the accidental miracles <laughs> that happen when we're not trying. You know, how, how many of you have tried to get somebody healed? <laughs> how did that work out <laughs> see healing's only difficult when it's all about me about me trying my effort what do i have to do what hoops do i have to jump through you know and the que there's this big question everybody asks i was just on the airplane with a young man and he sat next to me which is really funny. It was a divine setup. I, w I was bumped up to first class, and he doesn't have any status, but he was bumped up to first class in the seat next to me just on the flight yesterday. And he didn't know why he was there. And he, <laughs> we got to talking, and he's, he's been wondering about healing, you know, why healing doesn't happen. I said, <laughs> I think God set you up. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, but he, that was his question, you know, you know, why doesn't it always happen? But, and, and this is the question we've all asked, everybody wants to know, and I've got a tip for you. It's a question that has no answer. And the thing is, we have to stop asking the questions that have no answer and ask the questions that do have an answer. And so what we've learned is to stop asking, why isn't this happening? Because, um, you know, if I pray for you and I don't see any manifestation of healing, it doesn't mean that healing isn't happening and it doesn't mean it's not deposited in you. We see so many people healed after, you know, they leave and then we get the testimony of it. Um, but it's, <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't know. <laughs> Something just happened right up here. <laughs> I think there's an angelic presence that just snuck up on me. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, Jesus. Whew. I have no idea what I was just saying. Oh. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, stop asking those questions <laughs> that have no answer. Because if you don't have a manifestation of healing, and I, we start thinking, okay, what do you need to do to get healed? What are you doing wrong? Is there sin in your life? Is there unforgiveness? You know, we're setting up a bunch of hoops that if you jump through the hoops just right, you'll get healed, which makes it, a work that you earn your healing. And we don't earn healing. Healing's a gift. Just say, it's a gift. Yeah, it's a free gift that Jesus paid for. He paid an extravagant price, preposterous price, so that we could have that gift. And actually, the interesting thing is, um, sometimes my spiritual eyes are opened. Um, it, it, how many of you have ever had a vision? Anybody? Yeah, do you like visions? Yeah, you got them all figured out. You know just how they work. <laughs> I, I just like them. I don't know how they work. But um, every now and then I've had, uh, my eyes have been open where I've seen healing. And what I've seen is that everybody who needs healing 
already has. It's like, it's, it's like a light and an energy around them. It's like a, a Christmas present sitting in their lap just waiting to be opened. That it's, it's already there. Your healing's already paid for it. And so many times as orphans, we're crying out to a distant God, you know, please heal. And he goes, the package is right there. And our job is just to, to help people receive and open the package that's already there. And we don't know how to do that. And so, you know, we don't know, you know, okay, what hoops do you have to jump through? It's not hoops. It's, wow, the present's already here. And so the question that we need to ask, instead of asking, you know, why aren't they getting healed? We need to ask, God, what are you doing right now? Because Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear him say. So I want to, you know, I use Jesus as our, my prayer model. I figured, good enough for Jesus. <laughs> and so I read the Gospels all the time. If you want to grow in healing, just read the Gospels over and over and over. Every healing story in the Gospels. And just begin to look at, wow, what did he do? What did he say? What didn't he do? What didn't he say? Um... Oh, what's the formula? Oh, there is no formula. Oh, he does it different every time. <laughs> oh, he's just looking to see what the Father's doing. He's just listening to hear what the Father's saying. And so I, I just decided, well, that's good enough for me. I don't have to know what I'm doing. Ha! Hey, this is good news and freedom. You don't have to know what you're doing. You just know the one. And you just ask him, hey, what are you doing right now? What are you saying? You know, what do you love about this person? What do you want me to share with this person? How do you want to? Because I, I've seen lots of healing, and it's different every time, and I never know how it's going to happen. But I just go, how can, how can I partner with you for this person? And he loves this person more than I do. And he already paid the extravagant price for their healing. And so we get asked, um, because we see a lot of success in, in healing miracles, um, can I tell you another amazing healing story? I mean, we can't have too many healing stories. <laughs> this is a, you know, a, a strange one that happened in the healing rooms. And, and what I like to do is I like to just walk around aware of his presence in me and in the room. You know, because I figure if I'm in touch with his presence, I'm more likely to know what he's doing and saying. And, and so, you know, I just, I just get loved by him. And, and I think that's our job for the rest of our life. We, we're such doers and performers, we think that I have to do something. But you're, just, just say, this is my job, to be loved by God. <laughs> that's your, 100% of your whole job just to be loved by him. And so I like to walk around and just be loved by him. Just let him love me all over. And I was doing this one day and, you know, just aware of his love and how much he loved me. And, and there were about 200 people in the room and this worship and all kinds of stuff happening. And, and I see this young lady uh, standing with a friend. And, you know, she's a lovely young lady. But I noticed that her um, her jaw was broken. It actually was broken when she was six years old. And her whole face bent over to the side. And so she was in pain all the time. 
you know, constant pain in the jaws, and then eating, you know, just chewing was extremely painful. She was 24 years old, and she'd broken her jaw when she was six, and it never, never formed properly. And so for 18 years, she was in pain all the time. And she was a lovely girl, but her face was disfigured. It was, you know, really visibly bent to the side. And as I saw her, I was, you know, I'm just loved by God, overflowing with love. I mean, it, it, it says rivers of living water flow out of our bellies. You know, I, there was just belly rivers of love coming out of me. <laughs> Got to be careful of those belly rivers. <laughs> and as I walked up to her, I just felt the Father's heart for her and his love. And, and I just, and, and we tell our people always, you know, ask people if it's okay to lay hands on them. I didn't do it. I just, <laughs> I just reached up to her sweet face and put my hands on her, on her sweet face, just filled with the love of God. And all of a sudden, her whole face straightened under my hands. I mean, it was just like silk moving, and it just straightened. I, I mean, I, if I was trying to do it, you know, <laughs> but it was just, I wasn't trying to do anything. It just straightened. And she burst into tears. All the pain left. She could move her jaw. Her friend hugged her. They're crying. They're laughing. You know, just the glory of God hit. And, and I feel the Father's heart for her and his love for her. And, you know, she turns to me and she's, you know, thanking me. And I, I said, hey, would it be okay if I just gave you a Father's blessing? I mean, I'm a, I'm a dad. And... You know, <laughs> I just saw this beautiful young lady, and she said, yes, you know, and so I hugged her, and she's slobbering all over my shirt, you know, just crying and hugging, and we're hugging, and, and I'm just loving her, and then I just start declaring the Father's blessing, his blessing and his love over her, and as I'm doing this, suddenly I saw movies play over her head, and I saw that it was her own father who punched her in the jaw when she was six years old and broke her jaw. And I saw, you know, he wouldn't let it get properly attended to. I saw years of victimization and abuse. And, you know, I'm just seeing these movies, but I'm, I'm just hugging and loving and praying a blessing over her. And she's crying and, you know, receiving the blessing. And, and you know, after a while, peace wraps us up, just descends and wraps us up. And finally, you know, we separate, and she looks up at me, and she says, can I tell you what happened while you were blessing me? I said, yeah, please. She said, Jesus took me back through every era of my life and took away all the torment and the terror and the pain. And she said, for the first time in my life, I'm free. Whoa, Jesus. Shoo. Saved, healed, delivered, set free, all in one. And I didn't even know what I was doing. I'm just overflowing the love of God. See, these are those accidental miracles that I love. Sometimes we get in the way by trying to make things happen. I mean, turn to your neighbor and say, there's a control freak who lives up here. No, oh, to your own head, not your husband's head, not your wife's head. <laughs> You know, there's this, you know, <laughs> let's see, it says in Romans chapter 8, those who are led by the intellect will be called the children of God. Is that what it says? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Those who are led by the spirit. See, the intellect is a great tool, but it's a terrible leader. 
And we, in our intellect, want to know how to get somebody healed, how to do it right, you know, what's happening. You know, we're trying to, we want to make things happen. And, and it's not, I mean, it's not all for our glory. We really want to see people healed. But if, if with our own intelligence we could get people healed, they'd all be healed because we really want it. But that's not how people get healed. And so, you know, this, this great tool, we need to shut it down a little bit and be led by the Spirit and go, God, what are you saying and what are you doing? Because I just want to walk around with belly rivers coming out of me. <laughs> and, and so I, I, we need to just practice belly rivers, you know, like... Um, there's certain big chain stores in the United States that I won't name that um, I don't like to go to because they're so depressing. But my wife likes to go there, and I like my wife. <laughs> and so I go with her. And, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't go because it's so depressing, but when I'm going to go in with her, I go, okay, I'm going in, and someone's going to get happy in this place today. <laughs> Belly rivers are coming out of me. <laughs> Mop up on aisle 14. <laughs> oh, you doing okay? <laughs> Put your hands on your belly. <laughs> yep, belly rivers. <laughs> Holy Ghost, belly rivers of joy. <laughs> you have permission to gush forth anytime. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. So, <laughs> so, because we have a lot of success in the healing rooms, people invite us to go all over the world and teach healing conferences and people want to start healing rooms and all kinds of things and and the thing that I ask is you know it's it's great to start a healing rooms but do you have a culture of healing and the miraculous in your community you know is is this you know is this in your culture now culture um, it it's the way of life for a, a society. It's an, it's an inner thing, the way you think, the way you interact. And so it's, it's more than just, um, you know, we want to have a healing event. Okay, there are events. We have lots of events. But we're, we're wanting a healing culture, this inner dynamic that's part of, part of the way we think, the way we believe. You see, um, healing and miracles aren't peripheral to the gospel. They're right at the center of the gospel. You know, they're, they're what Jesus did everywhere he went. He said, the kingdom of heaven is here. Bam, people got healed. And he told his disciples, go out and declare the kingdom of heaven's here. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You know, because the kingdom of heaven is here. And so the kingdom of heaven being here means that things change. Because heaven's coming. And so... Um, you know, it, it, healing and miracles aren't this add-on to church life. We do church, and sometimes we get miracles. Now, that might be your experience, but that doesn't mean that's it. And so we're wanting to change, you know, bring all our experiences up to the level of God's Word, of what He says is true. 
And so the thing we want to build in communities is this culture of healing and miracles. And what I find where I go all over the world, I'm finding that God is moving the church from an event and program-based focus into a presence-based focus. You know, where we honor his presence. That's why, you know, you can tell that you know, the worship here was so sensitive and tender and, you know, the presence of God was so manifest because it's people who are hungry for the presence are gathered here and boom, that's what you get. Um, but we can do great songs and have a great orchestra and a great band and it's all about the music and the lyrics and whatever. Um, you can have somebody who barely knows how to play an instrument or no instrument at all. We used to go to Africa, to villages in Africa, and all they had was a little hand drum. And people would take soda cans and put pebbles in them and, you know, rattle them. And one little hand, gun, hand drum and gun. <laughs> that too. <laughs> And, you know, shakers and hand drums, and boy, the heavens ripped open and the glory of God came with these Africans dancing. <laughs> they got something. <laughs> and we went, whoa, <laughs> this is the presence of God. And see, in, in our events, in our programs, we can decide, you know, this is okay to do, that's not okay to do. I remember in the I think it was in the early 80s, there was this thing going around the church, you know, the program-oriented church, that um, drums in church were possibly of the devil, definitely not spiritual. Anybody remember that? Okay. And so, you know, my wife and I went, what? I don't think that's true. And so we went to Africa, and all they have is a hand drum. And so, so we said, hey, you know, there's this thing going around in America saying that, you know, hand drums and particular rhythms are, are just of the devil. What do you think? And they went, well, we used to drum for the devil, but now we drum for Jesus. <laughs> I went, okay, I like that. <laughs> because it's the culture. It's honoring him. It's his presence. It's not about the events and the things, you know, the specific things that we do. Um, and so I just want to talk a little bit. Let's see what, how we're doing. Oh, look at all the time we have. Do we really have all that time? <laughs> we can go lots of places this morning. I like it. Are we supposed to have a break at some time this morning? We can or not? Or Yes. Or <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can probably, yeah, in a little while. <laughs> okay, so the biggest shift comes in our recognition of the fact that he's here. You know, it's not a distant God. And the... You know, there's always a lie to try to get us to work for something that's already been freely given. Okay? And so sometimes the program is all about trying to drum up the presence or get into, you know, a state of mind or something like that. Or, you know, get us to a place where, you know, actually Jesus says, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, the whole kingdom is a gift. The whole life of the kingdom is a gift. 
You know, he, he said, don't look over here for the kingdom or over there for the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is where? It's within us. It's among us and within us. It's just right here. It's freely given. And, and <laughs> you know, and so we have the choice of, <laughs> well, what if everything Jesus said was true? <laughs> what if the heaven is really open and we have an eternal kingdom right here? Rivers of living water flowing out of our innermost being. Eternal life. I mean, eternal life isn't just a whole bunch of time after we die. Eternal life is life that has no beginning and no end. And it flows right through us and amongst us as a people. And, and so all of this is a, is a free gift. And we can honor that gift or we can try to make something happen by having a program, an event, and, you know, now, I mean, this is an event, but, <laughs> but it's, you know, are we, are we approaching this event from a place of culture, the culture of heaven, and seeing what God wants to do, or are we trying to create something here? And we've all been in church, probably, where it was <laughs> a program, and the program must go on. And... Uh, the thing about program-oriented Christianity is it takes workers. And workers have to work. <laughs> and it's a duty, and they've got to be there, and they've got to be responsible, and all those are good things. But workers need validation. And, and you know, how many ever get enough validation? I mean, how much validation do you need? And so in, in, in a worker bee mentality of organization, church, events, and programs, um, you know, comparison and competition enter in. I mean, can you imagine that in the church? <laughs> How big is your church? <laughs> you know, and the problem with workers is Workers need so much validation. If they don't get it, workers burn out. Yes, anybody ever seen burnout in the church? Yeah. See, we're not supposed to be worker bees. Shabbat shalom, it's the Sabbath. <laughs> Nobody can work. <laughs> in the culture of heaven, we have lovers. I'm loved by the everlasting God, and so I overflow with love. And see, lovers don't compete with each other. Lovers champion each other. Lovers run alongside, and they, you know, they, uh, I mean, they champion, what's the other word? Encourage. Oh, yeah, encourage. <laughs> Build each other up. You know, spread the love, loving, loving each other. It's all about love, honor, and empowerment. That's what God does to me when he loves me. And so I come along with this culture of heaven that loves, honors, and empowers, and, you know, builds up everybody around me. Lovers champion each other, and lovers keep firing up. They don't burn out. You know, in a program-based uh, church, maybe, maybe evangelism. Evangelism is a really good thing. But when it's a program, you know, we've got to get out, we've got to take risks, we've got to evangelize. And we're you know, it's all about me trying to 
make something happen and come back with a good testimony. Or we can evangelize out of the overflow of God's love. He loves me so much, I'm just going to love this person in front of me. I just see God's love for him, and you know, I prophesy over him, just I hear God's heart for him. And sometimes in the grocery store, I'll just ask, you know, what do you like about this cashier? He always likes something. <laughs> do you like her, God? <laughs> Especially when you feel like you don't like her just because of whatever reason. <laughs> then I go, <laughs> then I go, Jesus, do you like do you like her? <laughs> he always does. I mean, he loves people. And so, so you can let your lack of love diminish in his love. You know, we have access to his love. And just go, God, show me what you love about this person. We had, uh, we had some problem on our teams. I know you can't imagine that in the church, but um, a couple of people that didn't work well together. Um, and so I made them go in a room and prophesy over each other. Because <laughs> you can't get a prophetic word for somebody without loving them. You're hearing God's heart for this person, and you start falling in love with who they really are. Now, they might not be manifesting that, and they might be, you know, bristly. But in there is this beautiful person that God loves, and you start seeing that, you know. And so this is the culture. The kingdom's a gift. It's freely given. I just get to receive it. And this culture happens on the inside. And this is what we want to create in, in all of our church atmospheres, our, you know, our ministry, anything that we're doing. Um, you know, and so, like I said, we can take risk out of the overflow of being loved by God and just lovesick for him and just wanting to do things because, because I love him. How many of you have ever been in love? Husbands, wives, raise your hand. Yes. <laughs> How many of you have ever done something ridiculously stupid just out of love because you were so in, in love with somebody, you just did something ridiculous, and took a risk, stepped out, did something foolish? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm talking about. We can take risks just out of the overflow of love, out of the culture of heaven, not just, you know, trying to make something happen. I mean, God's so merciful that he, he even steps in when we're trying to make something happen in our own strength because he's just good. Because I, <laughs> and sometimes healing happens because he's the healer. It's just who he is. I think he's a compulsive healer. He, he just he can't stop himself. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so I want to talk about, um, for our healing rooms, how we uh, bring people into a level of agreement to build this inner culture amongst us. Because if, if I said, I mean, all of you people are, you know, some are from here, but you're, some of you are from all over the place, different places, and, you know, and you came here. And if I tried to get you to agree on every point of doctrine so that we could work together, <laughs> I have a friend who was a missionary in, in South America, and, and God said um, to him, hey, I want you to work with the Catholic priest here. And my friend went, God, how can I work with him? I don't even agree with everything he believes. And God said, well, it's okay. I don't agree with everything you believe, and I work with you. 
<laughs> so I mean, there's some bottom line levels of agreement, but we've got a variety of ideas. And I, I venture to say that when Jesus comes back, a lot of our theology is going to be restructured. <laughs> um, and so we have um, 866 volunteers in our healing rooms in, at Bethel Church. <laughs> it's a little church. <laughs> um, and to get 866 uh, disparate people from you know every kind of background to agree on everything it's just never going to happen and so what we ask for is four agreements we've got to keep it simple okay i mean for sure you know that we're they're believers <laughs> because we have new age people who love what we're doing and want to be part of it and we go you know <laughs> it's not going to happen right now <laughs> but I can introduce you to him. <laughs> um, okay, so the first agreement that we ask everybody to agree to is the foundational belief in the presence of God. Now, we know that he's present everywhere. He's omnipresent. But no, we're talking about the, the very real manifestation of his presence. See, Jesus said... When two or more of you are gathered together in my name, where am I? Right here in the midst of you. Okay, what if everything he said is true? I mean, really, that means, Jesus, you're right here today in this place. Now, the biggest problem with that is that he's invisible. You know, so that can be a problem for people, but how many of you love feeling his presence? Yeah. What are some things you feel when you feel his presence? Just shout it out. Warmth, glory, peace, joy. What? Electricity, sometimes, yes. Sometimes weightiness, sometimes lightness, sometimes hot, sometimes cold. You know, many, many manifestations of his presence. And they're all good. And, and different people in the room can be feeling different things. But what about you when you go to um, Walmart? You forgot to bring the worship band. There's not an angel going, come up here on aisle 12 and have an encounter. <laughs> You're just in Walmart. Is he still there? Okay. And so true honor is when we recognize what he says is true. I'm going to recognize your presence in the room because you say you're here when I don't even feel it. Okay, I don't see, taste, smell, none of my sensory perceptions. I mean, how many have ever smelled the presence of God? I mean, isn't that lovely? Sometimes, you know, roses waft in or, you know, different, you know, spicy aromas. One guy said, yeah, he smelled bacon, and he knew God was there. <laughs> ha! Hallelujah for a new covenant, eh? <laughs> Swine flesh is on the menu. <laughs> you know, but there are aromas of his presence. There are feelings of his presence. I love all those things, but when they aren't happening, no manifestation of his presence, he's still here. And true honor is when we recognize his presence based only on what he says. 
You know, if, um, if like Pastor Daniel recognized my presence and introduced me and honored me, but, but if I came in and sat in the back and nobody recognized that I was here, I would still be here. You would have access to everything that I have, but you would not access it if you didn't recognize me. And the Holy Spirit's that way. You know, and, and the presence of Jesus is that way. They're just so here pervasively. But if we don't turn our attention and recognize that he's already here, we don't access the wonders of his presence. I mean, he sometimes just invades. But, yeah, <laughs> and I like that. Just invade it any time, Jesus. But you see this? He wants people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth is he's here in the midst of us because he says he's here. Okay. My spirit connecting with his presence is true honor. It's recognition. And so, Jesus, we recognize your presence in the room. And we thank you. We thank you. And what we do is our team... We gather on Saturday morning for an hour between 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock before our guests come, just our team in the room. And, you know, this is one of our goals is we're going to recognize his presence in the room. And everybody's different. Some people, when they recognize his presence, I mean, they get blasted and they're laughing. They're on a dog pile on the floor rolling around. But other people are over in the corner quietly sitting there just in his presence and and it doesn't matter what your connection with him is when you recognize his presence all of a sudden the attention goes to him and it's it's you and him and and when we gather together in the room you know two it's usually around 200 of us something like that um you know everybody focusing on his presence we begin to talk to him intimately like he's right here because he says he is. And many times we close our eyes and just begin talking. We'll have somebody on the guitar singing. Or we might sing songs or they might just lead us in prophetic songs or just play music. And people, you know, we're agreeing to this time that everybody's going to connect with his presence in the room. And so something happens in that when I'm recognizing that I'm in the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I have to adjust everything about myself. I can't judge you or be offended at you or criticize you when I'm in the presence of Jesus. And so everybody's uh, you know, thought processes are elevated to a place of honor of his presence, which then is filled with love and honor for each other. And our teams fall in love with each other. And we, we continually work with people to, you know, the people who are quiet ones, not judging the rowdy, laughing, crazy ones. And the rowdy, laughing, crazy ones, not judging the quiet ones. Oh, they're not entering in. Hey, you have permission to be you in his presence. And sometimes the quiet ones are going to get really loud in his presence because it just happens. Sometimes the loud ones are going to shut up in his presence because that's what happens. You know, the thing is, everybody honoring each other and honoring his presence and talking to him in intimate words as if he's standing physically in the midst of us because 
He is, according to him. He's standing right here. And so this is the first level of agreement that we ask people to, to agree on. And it's just based on what he says is the truth, that he's right here. And we want to treat him like he's right here. Every time we meet, we want to turn our attention to the fact, oh, you're right here. We might have agendas. We might have problems. We, <laughs> we might have <laughs> issues. <laughs> we might have subscriptions to issues. <laughs> I, I, used to, I used to pastor a lot of broken people. And they would come with all their brokenness and want their brokenness to be the center of attention. But I went, no, 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 no. Right now, Jesus is the center of attention. And I guarantee something's going to change in your brokenness if we put him first. We're going to worship him. Out of the overflow of that, stuff will happen. But out of the overflow of everybody attending to your particular need, maybe nothing's going to happen. See, this is the thing about healing. If we come together to meet a need because all of these sick people are here, we're focusing on a need. If we come together to honor his presence, he's the healer and he's in the room. And so this is the difference. Does this make sense? And so this is what we want to cultivate in, in our culture. So the first agreement is that we're going to honor his presence and recognize that he's here based on his word. Okay, the second agreement is that we're going to recognize his presence. <laughs> it's kind of like the first one, huh? <laughs> Sound familiar? But that's his presence within because he says, I put my Holy Spirit inside you. It says we're temples of the Holy Spirit. It says we corporately are temple of the Holy Spirit, but also individually we're temples of the Holy Spirit. The word says, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and gives life to my physical body by his spirit. Now, I've got lots of years on me right now. I've had lots of adventures. I see some white heads in the place. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I don't agree with the fact that we have to get old, get sick, to die. Sickness is not my ticket to heaven. No, because the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, giving life to my physical body. So I like to meditate on that. You know, just think about it, rehearse it, lie in bed and go, oh, you're giving life to my body. I mean, that's what his word says. Okay, and so I go places with that. Wow, life in my cells, in my organs. People go, oh, watch out for your imagination. <laughs> How many of you have ever laid in bed and stayed up? You couldn't sleep because you were rehearsing a problem in your life. Okay, that's called meditating. And you've given your imagination permission to meditate on the worst possible scenario. So isn't it okay to meditate on the best possible scenario? I'm going to meditate on my heart just being renewed day by day, on my blood being pure, on my you know, organs being healthy. You know, it, you know, you're visualizing trying to make something happen. No, I'm agreeing with what he says and just exploring it. 
because he says he's giving life to my mortal body. And I'm thinking of life in every part of it because otherwise, the older I get, the world tells me my life diminishes. But I like his word better than what the world says. <laughs> my youth's being renewed like the eagles. <laughs> hey, choices. It's all about choices. And so I want to honor his presence inside of me. And this is, the, this is the key to breakthrough in every area of life. Okay, imagine, just imagine if you can, an impossibility in your life. I know you might have to try to think one up, but <laughs> probably we all have them. I mean, we definitely have them because we're bringing the kingdom of heaven into the, all the circumstances of this world. And there are financial issues, physical issues, relational issues, all kinds of issues. And there are many impossibilities. And we can look at that impossibility with all of our own ability and strength and go, I can't do this. Or we can look at that impossibility and go, oh, but you're here. Just put your hand on your heart and say that. Oh, but you're here. See, this is the prayer I pray a hundred times a day, or maybe more. Because, you know, just in me, I can, I can be facing all kinds of things and I cannot have the skill set to deal with them. Oh, but you're here. He calls me to do things that I don't have the finances to do. Oh, but you're here. Yeah. He's calling me to have wisdom that I don't know, that I don't have. Oh, but you're here. Holy Spirit, you're my access to the mind of Christ. You're the, you, know, you live in me. And so the important thing is to recognize his presence within us. When a situation, a, a sickness or disease comes that, that I don't know how to heal. I mean, really, I don't know how to heal anything. I have to confess, I have no idea how to heal the sick. <laughs> and they pay me to do it. <laughs> I just know the healer. And he lives inside of me. I just want to partner with him. That's why I ask, what are you saying? What are you doing? Okay, and so... Honoring his presence within us. We ask our teams, just, you know, you're praying for somebody. It's an impossibility. Just stop. Don't jump in, lay hands, start saying stuff. Just stop and go, oh, but you're here. It's a game changer. Yeah, let's, let's stop and recognize his presence. You can close your eyes if you want because people are really distracting. Oh. Jesus, you're here in the midst of us. Thank you for honoring us with your presence. Yeah, we didn't do anything great to get you to come here. You came because you wanted to be with us. Yep, you went to the cross because we were the joy that was set before you. You wanted us, so you bought us with your own life and blood. Thank you. And now you want to stand in the midst of us and bring the glory of your kingdom into every realm where we are. Thank you. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you came to live inside us, to elevate this physical being, this mind, will, and emotions, body, soul, spirit being 
into a place where the living God is, a temple of the living God. Thank you that I get to be the presence of God everywhere I go as I turn my attention to you and me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I thank you that, yes, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, not just I, but Christ lives in me. And now this life that I live together with you, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And when I don't have enough faith, I live by your faith. You're the faithful one, faithful and true, and you live in me. Yep. You're the faithful one who called us, and you're able to do it, to preserve me blameless, yep. to make me holy, yep. to do miracles. You've said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, and those are all impossible tasks. But you told me to do it, and I say, yes, yes, please. And yet you do them through me and in me. It's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's your good pleasure to change the world around us through your love flowing through us. So we honor your presence right here inside us. Yep, your, your good fruit manifest in us. Your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control manifest in us because you live in us. You bearing fruit. Thank you. Thank you for your gifts upon your church. Yeah. Your gifts of healing, provision, of prophecy, of teaching, and you know, every every good gift, your wisdom gifts of service, every kind of gift yeah, freely flows from you in us, Holy Spirit. Thank you. We just want to really align ourselves as a community of people, even this group in this room right now, choosing to be your people with you in the midst of us and you inside each one of us. Thank you. Yeah being the people of heaven, the kingdom of God has come to us. You're not a distant God. You're right here in the midst of us. That's what you always wanted. Always wanted to be God in the midst of your people. Yeah. And you did a great work and paid a great price to get right inside us. We honor you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, just put thanksgiving on your lips. Thanksgiving to him for being God in the midst of us. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus. Thank you. So I want to ask you a question. So how many of us, just in turning our attention to him in the room and him inside of us, how many of you experienced a heightened sense or awareness of his presence? Just raise your hand. Yeah, it's that easy. You can do it anywhere. 
just by turning your attention to him and your awareness. You don't have to become aware of him first. You just have to recognize based on his word that he says he's here. And then that's, that's honor. That's honor when we agree with you according to what you say is the truth. Because the world is screaming out lies all the time. The world is telling us, you know, the enemy and the world, flesh, devil, everything is telling us who we're not and what we don't have. And we want to align ourselves with what he says is true. And, you know, as far as miracles and healing, you know, the, the not enough lie is always there. <laughs> not enough wisdom, strength, training, anointing. But the anointing moved inside. It says in First John chapter 2, we have an anointing from the Holy One and we know all things. Yeah, because the anointing lives in us. And so it's just that simple exercise of turning our attention to him in us and among us. And when we gather together in, you know, as ministry teams, as we gather together to do outreaches, as we gather together in, in you know, a meeting to worship, just everyone taking that responsibility to turn our attention to him in the midst of us before the worship team leads us in. Because when people, I've talked to a lot of worship teams and, you know, who lead worship in big congregations and, you know, they really talk about that, you know, gathering everybody and, you know, building everybody up in a couple of songs and getting them to that place. But in our healing rooms, I love it because everybody just shows, all our team shows up and, and dives in deep right away. We're ready, you know, we don't want to play around in the shallow water. <laughs> Take us deep right away. And some of the worship leaders in, in churches have said, yeah, the congregation's not ready to go deep right away. But we are, because all our people come with that agreement, you're here in the midst of us and you're here in us. And we just want to dive in deep. And, you know, that's what I like. I like the deep, the deep end. <laughs> Take me to the deep end. Take me over my head. Blub, 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 blub. <laughs> May I never recover. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we're going to take a little break because you probably... It's time for that. <laughs> and what, like 10 or 15 minutes, we can take a break and use the restrooms and get coffee and do whatever you want to do. And then we'll come back for some more. Is that okay? You want some more?